It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to T25CL Entertainment Galaxy Talk Radio. United We Stand is the name of my show, and I'm your host, Galaxy Chief Andre Ward. This is Saturday, November the 18th at 10 a.m. Let's give a little weather report and a brief announcement, then we'll get into the heart of the show. It's 50 degrees here in Oakland. 60 degrees in Los Angeles, our other hometown, 54 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 47 in New York, 47 in London, 85 degrees in Lagos, Nigeria, and 67 degrees in Nairobi, Kenya. Okay, let's talk about a little bit about T25CL Entertainment. T25CL Entertainment is your platform for digital entertainment. Please listen to our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week radio show featuring jazz, R&B, blues, hip-hop, and gospel music. Check out the many music artists with available CDs for downloading to your listening devices. We have six radio talk shows. On Monday, we have Compton Politics with Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Tuesday, Straight Talk with the Hired Brush featuring Barbara McGee and Rodney Best, and we definitely wish him the best. He is, is recovering in the hospital now. On Wednesday, we have the Soldiers herself, Rosalind Jordan Mills with Rosalind's Corner. Thursday, you hear Soul Vibrations with Corey Jeffries. And on Friday, Friday Night Confessions with Lisa Jordan and Alex Singh. And on Saturdays, my show, the show you're listening to right now, United We Stand with yours truly. And then about 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock our time on Saturdays, you have In This Place with Daryl Thornton. Donald Brooks, Mike Brown, and Brian Carter. That show will be, once again, at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. Check our website for times and login information for each show. And once again, I'll always issue my little disclaimer. We here at Galaxy Talk Radio not professional broadcasters. We just want to get the word and messages out to the people, and we want people to be able to call in and express their thoughts on what's happening in the world today, whether it's globally or it's in their communities, and so we just talk about it. So it's everybody's opinions and, and their thoughts of what's going on in the world. And as you know, United We Stand was named after the music, I mean, I'm sorry, the film, United We Stand, but the intent was to bring attention to the black economy on a global basis. All right. Intent is to reach across America and across the globe to build a universal economy and to make new trading partners abroad. As I said before, our spending capacity here in the United States alone would be the equivalent to the seventh greatest economy in the world. The problem is the circulation of our wealth in our communities and other black-owned businesses here in the U.S. When dollars are not recirculated in the community, we have business failures and massive unemployment as we do today. 
For those of you listening in on our website, if you want to call in and ask questions or make comments, please call in at 724-444-7444, and our show code is 139283. What's going on with T25CL? Visit our website at www.t25cl.com. Listen to our free 30-second clip of our music artist. Check out the Care of Choice trailer and rent the film. Also go to the Sandra uh, Smith's page. She has four films on her site and, of course, the granddaddy of all United We Stand. Okay, let's see. Let's check in to what's happening. As you know, all of you guys know, our intent here at T2VICL is with film and music and getting exposure to uh, independent artists to the world. This is their platform for independent music. But there is a bigger piece uh, to this thing with global poverty. In our film, United We Stand, we touched on the subject matter with the mortality rate of women and children in Nigeria due to the lack of energy to deliver babies safely to the world. Over the years, I've met several UN ambassadors throughout Africa, the Middle East, and Nepal. One of our favorites here at T2BICL is a young and devoted brother from Nairobi, Kenya, who is doing an outstanding job working with the youth in his country. Brothers and sisters, backed by popular demand, my dear friend and my brother, Let's welcome from Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> Thank you so much. I am How about that? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. And, uh, Thank you so much. We definitely have a few topics that uh, we want to talk about today, but of course we want to talk about what's happening in Kenya, but we also want to talk about Zimbabwe, and then we also want to talk about Libya as well. And how come people always call this phone when I'm on the radio? But um, let's get into uh, your country first, there in Kenya. Let's give an update because I know Lisa and Alex are want to definitely know what's going on uh, with you there too. With your running for political office, so what's happening in Kenya first? Let's start out there first. Uh, thank you uh, so much. It's uh, a pleasure to be back again at uh, the radio show, uh, and uh, please accept uh, my warm greetings uh, from the cold Nairobi. Kenya. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Uh, mm, as uh, as probably you have heard uh, from the international news headlines, uh, in Kenya there has been political turmoil uh, because uh, our uh, elections did not produce uh, any clear president. Mm-hmm. So the presidency, the presidency, uh, is uh, such a contested matter in Kenya at the moment. Of course, that obviously affects uh, the economy and uh, everybody who who resides in Kenya in one way or the other. Um, uh, in terms of uh, business overall, has, has really scaled down. There are regular protests uh, organized by the opposition supporters who uh, I think that uh, they were denied of electoral victory 
and that the repeat presidential poll was not free and fair as it were. Um, of course, um, from our point of view, um, as young people, you know, leading a youth movement that is uh, also uh, trying to get the youth voice heard in uh, this kind of agenda, including the governance processes, we are issuing a clear call for action that political actors are at the moment should uh, come to a, 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 set, a possible settlement that does not ruin the future of the of the next is uh, the young generation we have uh, we have seen situations where uh, school calendars have been affected uh, jobs have been affected and uh, uh, it is uh, business unusual um, so yeah this is a brief update uh, during the course of the show I will talk a, a little bit about uh, Zimbabwe okay cool cool that's uh Something I definitely want to talk about as well, and we'll get into that and uh, in a few minutes. And um, we just want to get an update on you and your endeavors there in Kenya before we go to the um, other countries. So with Kenya now, are you still going to be running for a president this time around, or is it going to be on the next time around when you're going to run for the higher office? Now, um I will run for the higher office um, in the next uh, electoral cycle. So uh, brothers in America have to be prepared for Uh-oh, Brother Willis, we kind of lost you. We lost you. We lost you. Um, okay. Part of... Uh, We're losing you, brother. Uh, Willis. To okay. mobilize the youth vote. Okay, yeah, you need, because, you need uh, to start your point over again because your phone went out. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, in terms of uh, contesting for the highest position uh, in Kenya, I want to uh, be on the record um, as being the the very first ever youth presidential aspirant in the next uh, presidential election, that is in the next electoral cycle. I will obviously still be within the youth bracket as defined by the Kenyan constitution and the African Union. But as they say, a step of a thousand miles, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. That is why at the moment we are mobilizing young people to articulate uh, their concerns and their aspirations and also to bring to bear their full potential in terms of creativity, including in the performing arts. Um, the Kenyan um, <clears throat> art scene is uh, thriving uh, in East Africa, and some of our artists have uh, hit it in the international scene, like Saudi Soul um, um, and and uh, and others. So, as we increasingly get to the fore of the political agenda. The next step is not to try to influence electoral processes from the outside, but to be in the mainstream of political happenings. So that is why in the next presidential uh, uh, poll, I will definitely be in the ballot. And brothers and sisters in America ought to be ready and prepared mm -hmm. for, when we, for when we have President Willis Onyango 
Yes, that sounds great to me and all of us here at T25CL for sure. Let me ask you one or two questions on Kenya, and we'll open up the board so we can talk about Kenya before we go um, anywhere else. Now, let me ask you this, and yeah. and, and if you can't answer, answer these questions, it's okay, I understand. Um, you know, we, we, we see it, you know, you know I've been to Africa, I've, I've got the feel for the land, and as you know, I've talked to various ambassadors throughout Africa over the years. Now, as a president of any African country, but we'll stick to Kenya for right now, and we know the, the problems there of poverty, unemployment, the housing, the education, and basically people want to work, make money, support their families, get a, good, get a good education. But when we look at things on the news and on the Internet and the problems that uh, we hear over in Africa, and, of course, America, yeah, we have our problems over here, but uh, we're talking about Africa today. Can a president, you, President Ayungu, can you yourself effectively make change in Kenya, or is there outside forces preventing a president from making change in your country? Good question, my brother. I want to first begin by clearly stating from the outside, outside that a president, you know, a president is a status. Presidency is a, is a status symbol. But beyond that, there is so much that a president or the, the institution of the presidency anywhere in the world can do to effect change. There are very many factors, internal and external factors, that affect the ability, as it were, of any president to deliver change uh, for, for, uh, for the people of uh, of a country like Kenya. One is um, it, 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 it differs from jurisdiction to, to, to jurisdiction, but for instance in Kenya, the economy that is controlled by the government as, as, as an, the architecture of the government may only be 40% of the total wider uh, economy of the nation. So it means of course, there are also other um, uh, the other, other 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 issues and debate to be had about the influence and the and you know the regulations and the ability to make laws and to create a thriving environment for businesses to uh, to know create jobs because ultimately a government whose head is the president the responsibility of the, of the, the responsibility of the government is not to create jobs mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to but to create an environment that is favorable for especially the private sector to create jobs. The key job creator in any country is the private sector. Mm-hmm. Now, in a country like Kenya, we have to now question this. Has the president or how would the president uh, uh, position the country to be on the verge of rising economically, if not uh, on, on a pathway to economic uh, sustainability. One is, is, is the law, which means uh, parliament has to play a crucial role 
in in either supporting the president or the presidency in making uh, uh, the environment conducive for the population to thrive, and particularly young people, because over 70% of the Kenyan population is 35 years and below. It means we are a young nation, and we have to go a step further and ask, where do these, does this population live? What do they do? Do they have jobs? Are they healthy? Are they, are they in schools? Those who are supposed to be in schools. And ultimately, the number one factor anywhere in the world which has, which has made countries to come out of impoverishment to prosperity is the education of its population. So as, 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 a, as a president, and this is also a message to the current president, is to, as much as possible, make the literacy rate of the country be almost, if not 100%, then 99.9%, and not the current uh, statistics that we have right now. That, mm -hmm. is what will, uh, that, that is what will ultimately deliver the Kenyan vision. So, so you're saying that a president, I guess, I know over here, a president doesn't have total control over here in this country as well. So with you being president, you still have to go through the appropriate channels in order to get your agenda through. Um, yes. Um, so, for instance, uh, a Kenyan president, for them to... Uh, He went out again. <clears throat> All right, he'll be back on because you know we are talking to Africa, and when we do talk to Africa, we do have uh, uh, points where there are blackouts, but he's still there. We're just not connected. Uh, but in the interim, let me go to um, my sister from Cameroon, Patience Awazi. Patience, are you there? Yes, I'm here. And how are you doing, my sister? I'm doing fine. How is everybody? Oh, everybody's great. Everybody's great. And uh, I see that you've been listening uh, to our brother from Kenya, and he'll be back on as soon as uh, the connection is there. Um, do you? Let me just ask you a question, too, since you're from uh, Cameroon. Yes. Do you feel that the problems that they're having there in Kenya would be similar to the ones in Cameroon? Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely <clears throat> similar. So it's, it's basically a continental issue with Africa. No matter where you are, it's the same issues um, in other countries throughout Africa. Pretty much. Um, um, we, have a, we have a leadership problem. Leadership did challenge. Say, did you say literacy problem? Leader, leadership. Oh, leadership. Is, is yeah. that in Cameroon? Patience, are you there? I'm here. Okay. You're not hearing me? Okay, you Hello? went out for a second. Yes, we hear you. We hear you. Okay. All right. And Brother Willis, are you there? Uh-oh, we had him back on, and he fell off, too. Nope, he's still there. Okay, he'll, he'll be back on in a second. 
Okay. Uh, Sister Patient, I know that you're here now in California, but when was the last mm-hmm. time you have been to Cameroon? I was there in uh, July, August, September. I just got back. All right. And do you feel that there has been some improvement there since you were living there in Cameroon, or would you say the financial and political climate would be relatively the same the way it's always been? We are in a um, revolution kind of way because the the citizens now (coughs) are demanding their rights, they're demanding uh, a change in the uh, in leadership. They're demanding a better environment to do uh, business. They're demanding uh, everything that they think they're due. So we are kind of in a transition right now, an upheaval one. So we're hoping that things can transit peacefully. And so it's a little different in uh, Cameroon right now because uh, – there's lots of strikes going on, and just a few days ago, they burned down the House of Assembly, like Parliament, and so it's 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 pretty serious there right now. But it's, wow. the, the citizens want the country to change to uh, a better system, a, a better democracy. Okay. Yeah, actually, uh, actually, uh, I had. Uh, New Cameroon, that uh, the Anglophone, the English-speaking Cameroon, uh, uh, would want to break away from the wider Cameroon, most predominantly speaking uh, French. Yes, uh, the Anglophones, the English-speaking Cameroon that were uh, colonized by the British, they want to break away from the French because a lot of uh, the economy is being controlled by the French indirectly. And so now that people are more enlightened, they realize all those contracts, those trade uh, agreements that were made, and all the opportunities that France is benefiting and controlling the presidency directly or indirectly, uh, the Anglophones want to break away so they can have more control about their own future, not dictated from some other colony. Oh. Mm. Mm. But, uh, but 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 this this means that uh, our problems, m- most problems uh, in Africa, still have co- colonial roots. Um, I, I I do not know what your take uh, about this is, uh, because in any country there will always be a tribe that is more entrepreneurial or more business-like, and ultimately, if you have a president from from one one tribe or or, or for instance, for this case, uh, one uh, from one place that is speaking a particular language, there will always be an argument to be made that uh, their people are benefiting. But do you think that secession is the way to go? Because we have an example to learn from, for instance, Sudan. When South Sudan seceded from the wider Sudan, it was, it was almost the birth of a new nation, and it, it was met with high euphoria locally and internationally. But right now, what we are seeing in South Sudan, which is... Uh, uh, which is a clear example of what secession can mean, is that there are still now internal wars, and the, the, the wars and the conflict has now degenerated into a more granular level, for instance, onto, 
uh, whether you are from this particular clan or that particular clan without uh, you you know paying uh, keen attention on to why termination in the first place well it, it just seems like it's just these internal strikes throughout Africa you know because we hear it over here and I know that we don't get all the accurate information here in this country and so sometimes you have to go to two and three layers of information to try to sort through this but we've been hearing for the longest all these battles and stuff in in Africa and it's, it's internal in these different countries just like you just mentioned they're in Sudan and so you hear about it in Nigeria and other places throughout Africa and it's just uh, shame, but I guess you guys can come back and say, well, you guys got the Crips and the Bloods and all that kind of stuff. Yep, so... Um, and, Sister and, and actually, Let me ask Sister Patience a question, too. Um, well, I, I don't know how much time she's going to have today, because I know she has a 4 o'clock program uh, down there in San Jose, so I don't want to lose you before you have a chance to talk about your, <laughs> your program today, so why don't you um, tell everybody about what's happening today? Today, I have uh, invited people of African heritage because when I look at throughout the world and especially focusing on even the immigrants who are here, we have similar problems. And we have come to America because of the situations that we have back home. And so the center will be addressing some of those problems, those, are, those challenges, and also we want to connect with those who are originally here in America and see how we can put our resources together and work together and share our cultural heritage and enjoy it because it's a rich heritage and we're not really sharing it enough or having other people experience it. It is something we're very proud of. And we would like that cost cultural exchange, whether it's social, whether it's business, we want those different fractions to come together and see how we can move forward. So it's more of an open forum for everybody to see how we can move from this point on forward. All right, cool, cool. Now, which African nations are going to be represented today at your, at your function? Uh, just off the top of my head, I think we have Ivory Coast, Cameroon, Nigeria, Ghana, I think Brazil. Uh, I don't know. I have to go look at the people who are registered. I don't know where they really Sierra Leone. Uh, those are the ones that I can remember right off the back. African American. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's go to the boards. Let's get. Uh... Uh, somebody else in here that's going to, I know they got questions for you guys, so uh, just hold on. You got a few minutes, Patience? Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. Let's go to Lisa down in L.A. Lisa, how you doing, my sister? I'm doing good this morning, Chief. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It's always good to have my brother and sister from the homeland on and, and you know, and so that we can get a firsthand accounting on what's going on over there. So it's always a pleasure to have them on the show. 
So do you have a question for Patience or for my brother, Brother Willis? Well, um, I was very excited uh, to be on your show today to listen to what, you know, what's going on, like you said, over there and, and, and pretty much the continent in Africa, but specifically Kenya and Zimbabwe. Because as the international news broke last week, a lot of us African-Americans over here in the States kind of panicked because we kind of look, mm-hmm. you know, look over there to see, you know, the trends that will be coming pretty much elsewhere. So mm-hmm. um, over here, you know, we've been kind of taught to, I guess the Africans in America, we side with Mugabe but we also understand that he kind of, I guess, didn't really set up or mentor a successor. So the young people and a lot of people who aren't from his era are, you know, they want a a seat at the table so they can have some say in how the country's going to be ran. And, you know, it just seems like they want to oust, you know, Gucci Grace, because I've done a little research on her. I guess they really don't want more of the same thing, so... I just really was interested to hear what both of them had to say as far as the stability of what's going on. And and I just heard, you know, Brother Willis say the election kind of didn't come through. So we were glad to hear some update because we were curious to hear how his, you know, political career was going. Yeah, that's where we led off with with what's going on there in Kenya because I definitely want to do a a special segment on – on uh, Zimbabwe in itself, and so we, we definitely want to move to that when everybody's ready to go in, in that direction. And so we'll, what we'll do is we'll wrap up Kenya in this first phase, and then we're going to go to uh, Zimbabwe. Then I want to go up to Libya as well, and what's happening over there. So uh, go ahead and, um, and uh, Brother Willis, and respond to. The presidency, so it looks like you're going to be running on the. When, when is the next election? When you'll be running? The next election uh, is after five years. After five years. Um, yes. Right. But to respond to uh, to respond to Lisa's uh, questions, uh, first of all, uh, uh, receive my my warm greeting uh, from Nairobi. It is a pleasure to to meet you once again. Um, but uh, the wider problem that uh, Kenya and very many African nations are experiencing is uh, with the concept of democracy itself. We have to now stop and think what does democracy mean? Because from the trend that we are, we are experiencing, especially in Kenya, you would be surprised that the first presidential poll that was annulled, that was nullified by the Supreme Court, had the go-ahead and the green light of the international observers, including Western, Western representatives, American representatives, the Carter Center, and everybody else. And later it emerged that the Western interests are more driven by stability rather than uh, actual exercise of uh, franchise, so actual, you know, you know ex- experience of, the, of, 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 of democracy. So this is, this is the, the wider context in which we have to, to, to look at the happenings in Kenya. 
they are supposed so for instance if uh, if uh, say the representative of the african union or or, or the european union or america uh, you know gives a, a, a thumbs up for a, a flawed election that would later on be uh, turned uh, be annulled by the supreme court how what, what 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 do we ask right now we are experiencing a situation where protests are not free in any de- in any democracy there is there is a freedom of, of expression you know that is that is what democracy is you are free to assemble to express your views so long as they are within the confines of the law can this you is do not that what in we kenya? are doing do you have freedom of expression in kenya just to give you an example of how the how the uh, the concept of freedom of expression is yesterday the key opposition leader uh, Raila Odinga who uh, contested the, the the last two elections and uh, on, on whose account the supreme court annulled the the, the presidential election had uh, came back to to, to Kenya uh, you know after around over one week of uh, visit actually in the united states and upon landing at the airport, you know his supporters obviously, uh, because he had, he'd been away, thronged the, air, the 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 streets leading to the airport to receive him, to welcome him as their leader, as 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 as, uh, as his supporters and their leader. And you would be surprised that the amount of confrontation and uh, police brutality that occurred yesterday has so far resulted into five lives. Lord, five people killed simply because police uh, were deployed to uh, to to scatter out uh, supporters. So is this a democracy? And you would you would be surprised. No Western, all embassies are rep- all nations are represented in Kenya through emb- emb- embassies. They will you will never hear any of them come up and say we condemn violence. We condemn violence meted against unarmed civilians. So. The question, uh, the question is, if, if democracy is an experiment, I mean, if we, we, we have to go democratic, let us be democratic. The notion of the comfortable with stability so that their business interests may thrive cannot go hand in hand with a people who want to express their views and ultimately want to elect their leader. The second thing, mm-hmm. the, second rerun of, the second rerun of the election the the leading opposition uh, uh, figure uh, competitor Raila Odinga drop uh, uh, you know dropped out of the race citing uh, the fact that stru- there were still structural issues that needed to be addressed before any election uh, should be held in a free and fair way that did not happen so he withdrew from the race the current pre- sitting president went ahead and insisted that the the race should be the the election should be held the voter turnout was 38% of the total registered voters so it means the opposition control considerable amount of of of, of voters in the country 30, 38% if you minus from 100% which is the total voter turnout Mm-hmm. You are left with over for over sixty two percent of the so some people are questioning that you should then do a structural and addition thing to uh, to, to to get the the, the other sixty two percent and declare possibly someone as a president, but of course 
that should not be the case. What is happening in Kenya has the, especially the Western nations are really, really complicit in, in, in this. From my perspective, I've seen I've seen so much happen, and 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 right now, what what remains for me is to speak the truth without fear or favor. Mm-hmm. The West support the West supports a leader or democracy when it is in their interest. So it it is imagining that it is not in the interest of the West to support uh, 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 the concept of democracy in Kenya because of other reasons, for instance, like security in Somalia, for instance. So the stance of the opposition leader is that uh, the Kenyan Kenyan forces should be withdrawn from Somalia. And the current administration, uh, uh, their policy is that the Kenyan troops and forces should still be in Somalia to maintain peace and stability. But what has Kenya benefited from getting its forces in Somalia? We've had hundreds and hundreds of lives, Kenyan lives, lost at the, at, at, at the altar of, 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 of terror attack. Simply well, because... Let me, let me, let me, could... I, want to inter- I, want to, I want to cut you off there for a second. Now, when we get ready to do our humanitarian projects there, Brother Lois, when we're financially prepared to move on that, do you think or do you feel that there will be opposition if you can actually start making a change there economically with the projects that you and I want to accomplish uh, there in Kenya. Because we would be circumventing the due process of the government. We're still working inside the confines of the United Nations because you are an ambassador with the United Nations. So we're still going to be working under that auspice towards the Millennium Development Goals. It's just that now we're going to move it past a talking point into actual implementation of actually doing something. We're getting ready to move past the talking and, and starting to do things. Will you be getting opposition? by actually bringing in monies and doing projects and actually helping people? Will that be a problem? Now, let me give you a little background about the recent, um, the recent uh, um, management of uh, the, uh, uh, the NGOs and the, civil, the wider civil society in Kenya. They've had their accounts frozen. Many of them have been harassed any who have hired uh, uh, foreign experts have sometimes had the experts uh, deported. It is crazy here, but still, you cannot. We cannot just stop simply because uh, uh, so, uh, so someone is, is is happy or unhappy about what we are we, what what we are trying to do. What we are trying to do is adjust cause towards a fairer world, where poverty is reduced, children can go to school. And things can happen, and especially young people can get access to the levers of economic power. Obviously, in anything, anything that you do, especially when you do it very well, it has to it has to attract it has to attract some level of opposition. Yes, yes. And so, before we actually start deploying. Uh, funds there and and getting into your project, then I guess we're going to have 
come under some type of political favor before we can even get started so that we can minimize the opposition before we get started with our projects there. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That that is that is that is a good approach. Um, uh, but also not to you know, there are two ways of normally going about. It. If we're just going about our businesses, nobody cares about that. But if you want to start attacking other 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 people's chances and 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 uh, stand from whatever level, then that will obviously uh, meet some resistance. But uh, from a humanitarian uh, uh, background, I, I don't foresee, uh, because this is, these projects are not linked in any way to a uh, uh, political office or, 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 or a president or, or a political. So it is, it is more driven by the humanitarian desire to make uh, uh, lives of a majority, a majority better. Yeah, the main problem we'll be running into is jealousy and insecurity. How did Brother Willis over there get to do all this stuff? Who do you think he is? Okay, let's move to a few more questions because we definitely want to get into Zimbabwe. But let's give everybody else a chance to uh, get on board here and to ask any questions about Kenya. Go ahead, Sister Alex. How are you doing today? Yes, uh, good morning, Chief. Good morning, Brother Willis and others that are on the call. Uh, this is a really um, informative um that you guys are having because, you know, us in the United States, we're curious about what's going on in the uh, mother country. But my question specifically is for uh, Brother Willis. I just wanted to ask about um, uh, Ruto and Ryla, right? Um, what uh, they're, In the American news, they're saying that um, Ryla was responsible for the uh, five people, the I guess the protest that happened. Um, in over in in Kenya uh, this week. Tell everybody and, uh, who they are, uh, uh, Alex. Tell everybody who they are. So Ryla, I guess he's the leader of the opposition party and NASA, and then Russo is uh, supposed to be the DP of the newly elected, uh, I guess from the October 26th election. So I just wanted to get a better understanding uh, because they're saying that you know the Kenyan people officially voted. Uh, uh, I guess the the Ruto in um, by uh, uh, repeated elections on October 26th, and I'm just trying to understand your political system. Is it the vote, the actual vote that the people cast that uh, gets this leader in, or is it based on a small, uh, for example, in our country, it's the electoral college that makes the final decision? And um, if so, is uh, why are the people in so much unrest because of it? Ah, uh, good good question, Alex. Um, so the political system um, um, in Kenya is such that a president, for you to be declared uh, president of Kenya, you have to get fifty percent of the total votes cast in that particular election plus one vote. So it means. It means that um, if, for instance, uh, uh, in Kenya there are 19 million registered voters, but during the elections only 10 million turn out to vote, and then uh, uh, you get, as a presidential candidate, you get uh, uh, over, 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 over 5 million, then that guarantees you 
the constitutional threshold to be declared the winner. The second um, uh, thing that has to be met is that, you know, Kenya has adopted a devolved system. Um, with the promulgation of the new constitution in 2010, Kenya has what they call counties. I, I, I believe Kenya, uh, America also has counties. But in Kenya, there are 47 state counties. So they are, uh, the head of, uh, of a, county, uh, a county unit is a governor, so uh, like a small little president at the local level. But the counties also receive considerable amount of the national share of revenue to run their operations, apart from uh, other sources of, um, of uh, revenue at the local level. So the second, the second, uh, uh, the, 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 the second determinant of, 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 of a president is that president must also get over 25% of the vote in at least 25 counties. So um, uh, that is, that is uh, the, the constitutional threshold and the yardstick uh, uh, before one is declared uh, the president. Now, coming to your, your original question about uh, Raila and Ruto. Uh, now, this, this, this has to be understood in the context uh, of the fact that in Kenya, tribal alliances matter more than any ideology or policy or manifesto of a party. So the the best the the, the best the, the smarter you are at uh, crafting tribal alliances or or, or or getting the major tribes behind you, then the higher the chances of you becoming uh, the president of because votes people vote predominantly according to tribes. Now, Ruto is from the Kalenjin tribe, and the Kalenjin is um, I believe the third largest in Kenya after Kikuyu and the Luya. So it means then if vote is cast along tribal lines, then the Kalenjin will con con considerable power. Now, this vote from this tribal vote is um, is is got out through an informal arrangement of uh, say almost a tribal leader. So a leader who who everybody almost a majority of that particular tribe believes is their true representative in any negotiation or at, at any level. So Ruto is uh, almost the tribal leader of the Kalenjin community. And it is the, 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 third, the, 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 third, the third biggest. Raila is a leader from the Luo community. So obviously he benefits from uh, the Luo vote. But he's been, he's been in politics for quite uh, a considerable amount of time and is uh, the son of the first vice president of Kenya. So immediately after the Kenya Kenya got uh, uh, independent. So he also he also get, has this uh, this uh, historical background in in uh, family uh, involvement in politics and 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 the influence that that can have. Now it is um, it is almost as if a battle is being fought here where the normal, the ordinary citizen is uh, the, the one who is uh, getting hurt most. Because the battle between Raila, who is the current uh, deputy president, as you say, you rightly say, and, 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 uh, and, and Raila on one hand, and even the president actually, is, why, is, 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 is bigger than people may ordinarily think. So, you know, after the disputed 20, 2007 elections, there was um, uh, bloodshed and where over a thousand people were killed. 
and the cases were taken to the International Criminal Court. And the, and the, the first people who were criminally held responsible included the current sitting president and the current sitting deputy president. Now, they, how they mobilized the votes to, 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 win, to, win, to win voting is that they were, they were, that Raila was acting as a Western stooge in order to send them to the International Criminal Court and then get an opportunity to, 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 to lead the country. So this kind of sentiment really made them win the election, even though at that time Raila was the prime minister, imagine a very high-ranking position. So it means that there's a lot of scores to be, uh, to be settled um, uh, between these camps. So even up to, right, uh, if up to now, they still believe that they have to fix uh, Raila, who is, the, who is uh, the leading opposition leader, in one way or the other. Either through orchestrating violence, and then he also gets uh, his way to the International Criminal Court, or uh, or just doing any other thing to make him not be the president. Now that is that is that is that is a battle that is that is bigger, and of course that is the uh, that is among the major drivers apart from the the question of the tribe. If you leave us, uh, if you leave alone, what happened? with the five uh, uh, at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. Of course, eventually, after they got into power, the cases collapsed because of uh, victim int- intimidation and uh, um, inability of the, of the state uh, organs to cooperate. Uh, so the, the cases collapsed uh, uh, naturally. So this is, this, is, this is what is happening. Uh, 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 <laughs> now you guys see why I, I hate politics. I can't stand politics. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Even though we we have to have it to a certain degree, I guess. But I just I have never liked politics because the people are continue to suffer while these politicians keep fighting, and we have that big time over here. Let's get to a couple of other callers. I, I hope that answered your question, Sister Alex. Yeah, I mean it. it it answered my questions and then created more questions. I just wanted to just keep this one. I opened a Pandora's box. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But my, my one little question that I had, um, I just wanted to clarify, is Ryla, um, was he uh, educated in the U.S. and or lived a portion of the time in the U.S., and do you think that is a factor in why the Kenyan people chose a different leader, or because of potential Western oh. influences of Raila? Um, I, I, actually, of the current uh, political players, the one who was educated in America is the current president. Actually, he undertook his uh, bachelor's degree at a university uh, in America, that is w- what the official statement is. As for the as for Raila, um, he got uh, his education in Germany, so um, not uh, not the United States. Um, but I, I I do not think you know uh, the West may support a candidate or, or not, not really depending on whether they were educated in those countries, but because uh, uh, their interests are better served by one particular, you know. You know, even the American foreign policy, their their interests and values. So, but in some in some cases, you may be surprised that, especially in Africa, the interests of America far much supersede and trump 
their values. So in such cases, they don't talk more about uh, lofty values like democracy, freedom of expression, but they would rather just uh, uh, make sure that their interests are, are, are taken uh, <laughs> into account and uh, <laughs> they don't talk so much. So that is uh, that is um, that is uh, what is happening, and we've seen such uh, incidences in Egypt, for instance. Uh, uh, in in uh, during the Arab Spring, we've seen it in Libya. We've seen it uh, in many, 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 many cases. Even right now in Zimbabwe, which we will be coming into, it seems that what is happening is really <laughs> the, the West is really pleased <laughs> with the eventual overthrow. <laughs> Of our brother Bob Mugabe, <laughs> yeah, of course he has also he has also overstayed. He's welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's get to news. let's get to a couple of other callers because we I know everybody wants to talk about Zimbabwe. I know I do too. So hold on a second. Let's go to California. California, state your name and where you're calling from in the great state of California. Come on, California. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The whole world is listening to you. But we can't hear you. All right, let's go to uh, New Jersey. Uh, Brother Brian Carter, are you there, brother? Yes. <clears throat> Good afternoon, Brother Andre <clears throat> and Brother yes, Willis. I'm, I'm just listening. I, there's a lot of information being given, and right now I'm just listening. So go to your other callers and... If there's something I want to say, you come back to me. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Uh, let me go back to our sister from Cameroon. Are, are you still there, Sister Patience? Yeah, I'm here trying to round up. <laughs> okay. All right. What what time do you have to uh, depart to go to the venue? 2 p.m. 2 p.m.? Oh, okay. So you're going to spend a little time with us? Just 10 more minutes because I'm doing so much here. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to have any departing comments um, before you have to depart? Because we'll be seeing you there. We'll be there with our camera. And uh, I guess I got to do my little field reporter uh, routine today. And so uh, we definitely will see you and, uh, and definitely want to taste your great food again today. You know I love African cooking, so uh, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely yeah. see So what I would like to say is that, number one, Africans have to love themselves first because no matter who you put there, if they don't love themselves, they're going to be doing the same thing and it's been proven over and over. And even while we're here, we need to raise our consciousness one another Treat one another with love, so that way you, you, when you treat your brother with love, nothing comes in between you. And so, even when they are in power, because they have love between them, they're going to be able to treat the other person like a brother or a sister. And we're still facing the same problems here in the diaspora. And sometimes it bothers me. When uh, the Asara people want to go over there and change the government, and I see that they're still carrying on the same old way of not caring. So to me, I want us to be able to love one another and be able to treat one another like brothers and sisters. So no matter what comes, we can stand it, and when we have something, we should be able to share. 
that's why I'm putting together this center because the center is going to be offering services like immigration, housing, all types of different services that we need. And above all, we're going to have our cultural events so we can have cultural exchanges and enjoy our rich culture. That's what I'm saying. That's it. Now, when are you going to be open for business? Excuse me? When are you going to be open for business? Next month. Your culture. Next month? Next month, okay. yeah. I already okay. have an office there. I'm just lining up all the resource people. All right. Great, great, great. And so we're looking forward to that today. So uh, T25CL Entertainment is your media arm, so we will definitely be there. We want to take some video. We want to post it up on the website so that people all over the world can see what you're doing there and uh, the great things that you're doing. And I wish they could taste your food over the Internet. I've had it before, and I know that it is super, super, super fantastic. So we're definitely yeah. looking forward to it from the T25CL level. Thank you. All right. See you there. Bye, everybody. Okay. We'll see you there. Bye. 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 All right. Brother Willis, everybody's been wanting to know what's going on in Zimbabwe. I know uh, a lot of us do as well. You know, it's... um, it's one thing about Zimbabwe that we've been reading about, hearing about, discussing on other programs, that Zimbabwe is one of the richest countries in the world, uh, Zimbabwe and Iraq, with underground resources, lots of them. And, and I know that that is spread all the way throughout Africa. Even Nigeria has some of the best oil in the world. And now we have uh, President Mugabe, who has been there for over 40 years as the president of uh, Zimbabwe. And now he has been removed. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we've been getting um, information that there's going to be global arrests that are going to be going on throughout this world. And it's going to be with the politicians and the bankers. And, you know, we've seen uh, people here that's associated with Trump that have been detained. And now we're seeing the 11 um, Saudis that were arrested. And I think there's a few more that's been arrested since then. And there's been a lot of arrests that have happened and that are not necessarily put over your mainstream media. And it's one thing that we have been saying here at T25CL, that this has been a situation that where there's like a new world that's kind of coming in. It's definitely a new financial world. We know that this world has been governed by a very evil group of people, commonly called the, the cabal and which has been owning and governing all of the central banks throughout the world, all the political structures throughout the world. And now the Chinese are getting, the Chinese elders, of course, are getting ready to issue in humanitarian funds. And 
this is going to be into the trillions and the trillions and the trillions of dollars. And now Africa has been one of the focal points of global poverty. And what I was told by the entity uh, that's spearheading up our uh, humanitarian funds that Africa is, is a hotbed, so any projects that are targeted for Africa will be <clears throat> will have priority in getting funded. And so, you know, with the various ambassadors that I've been meeting throughout Africa over the years, and uh, this is what the mission is really, really about, is to end global poverty. And we're gonna we can't do it ourselves, of course, but we're gonna be doing our part in this to 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 help as many people as we can. And now in the process, a lot of people are gonna to have to re be removed. They're they gonna be removed here in the United States, Saudi Arabia, Israel, England, <coughs> various African nations before we can deploy the things that we want to do. So this gets down to Zimbabwe. When I heard a few weeks ago that there's going to be mass arrest throughout the world, and here we go, next thing you know, here is Mugabe being removed. And with Zimbabwe, is is one of the hot points on the planet right now because of their underground uh, resources that they do have there. So, Brother Willis, with you being a neighboring country there of Zimbabwe, what is the real deal that we don't hear in the news? Because we only get fractured information here, so what is really going on in Zimbabwe? Um, so, what is uh, going on in Zimbabwe is a concerted political succession battle. Over the recent past, uh-oh, as soon as we start talking about Zimbabwe, we get zapped again. That does not surprise me. Um, okay, he's there. Congress. Okay, you got zapped out for about 20 seconds there, so we didn't get any of that. Ah, okay. So, yeah, what I was saying is that um, what we are seeing right now in Zimbabwe is um, a fierce uh, political succ succession battle. And this succession battle is pitting uh, the, the sacked uh, vice president on one hand and the wife of... Uh, of uh, uh, the, 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 the current president Mugabe, uh, President Robert Mugabe, on the other hand. Now, it has to be understood that uh, President Mugabe has, has been in power since 1980. So it means everybody who was born in 1980 and, and beyond in, uh, in Zimbabwe has only known one president, no any other leader. So this has helped him almost cultivate a cult of personality and, uh, 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 and, and, and a lot of uh, influence, as, as would be imagined. Now, 
immediately post independence in 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 in, in, in independence of uh, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. Robert Mugabe, who is the current president, was still young and led the country uh, significantly to an economic path. But in the late uh, in the late uh, in the late nineties, um, with the controversial, you know, uh, adoption of um, of uh, land uh, very uh, controversial land policies that uh, uh, eventually led to a majority of white-owned land being taken away from the white settlers and white owners and redistributed to peasants uh, and supporters of the party. This had one effect that uh, of, of degenerating the Zimbabwean economy into the bin, such that uh, by the year 2012, I believe, the Zimbabwe the country stopped using their own currency, the Zimbabwean dollar. Because mm. it was uh, worthless, uh, it was, was worthless. The rate of inflation was in millions of percentage, uh, uh, and they adopted the the American dollar. So that is what they are using even right now. Actually, you'd right. be surprised that uh, because of uh, of these occurrences, especially the economic turmoil, majority of them are also adopting cryptocurrencies like uh, the Bitcoin, because mm. uh, you know. The value is not changing dramatically. Now, what we are seeing right now is uh, a battle because not 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 a long ago it was very clear after the sacking of uh, Vice President um, uh, the, the Vice President Emmanuel that the the, 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 wife, uh, the president was on a clear path towards being um, uh, endorsed by the party congress and eventually contesting at the election election. Now, this rattles a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people, especially the camp fought for independence. It has, to be, it has to be made clear that the the faction of the party and the, the faction of the party, the supporters that were supporting uh, President Mugabe's wife for presidency were the young generation. So they called themselves support. But on the other hand, still the considerable influence that is wielded by those who are who fought for independence, who went to Gorilla, you know, these are these are uh, these are the people who fought from the bush. It was a, a kind of gorilla uh, mm-hmm. uh, sort of change about this succession. And a majority are in the military. A majority actually control the the mineral wealth, which I will be uh, talking uh, talking about uh, in a short while. And a majority are still in the party. So, of course, uh, and they are comrades of, uh, of 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 Mugabe himself. That is why they want to almost give him a dignified exit rather than uh, forcefully a victim from power. Because eventually, he, they, they are, they, they've been comrade. Actually, he's called Comrade Mugabe. Mm-hmm. I, I've had the honor some time back at the African Union to meet him personally. And he, he told me, he gave me one, one, he told me one lesson. He told me, Willis, young people have to be both manually and technically 
be prepared for the future. Of course, I, I'm still trying to understand the the meaning of that statement up to now, of mm. being manually, manually, technically prepared for the future. But that is what he told me um, when I met him at, at the African Union uh, headquarters. It doesn't mean that I subscribe to um, uh, many things of, of his policies or what he stands for. But as a, as a young leader, I, I, you, you meet very many, very many, some, some of whom, uh, whose policies you agree, you agree with or not. <clears throat> now, this battle now has degenerated to a, a situation where things very fast. You said that they have totally eliminated the currency there. Is that correct? Okay, you're going in and out. You're going in and out. You're going in and out. Okay, you're, you're going in and out.
because they wanted to remain sovereign and then they just did not want to become a part of the uh, world trade order. So, but Zimbabwe is really getting ready to come up now because of the infusion of capital that's going to be coming in from the Chinese elders. And so this is what's happening in Zimbabwe. And like you said, they're going to give him a graceful exit, um, him and his wife. And um, it's just going to have to come under a new structure, just like several other countries. And one of the things that is going to be ending all over the world is the corruption, <laughs> even here in the United States, where there's uh, corruption as well. And so we can understand why this is happening in Zimbabwe, because it's going to be ushering in a whole new global currency system, whereas your currency is going to have to be backed up by your resources or your gross domestic product there in your your country. So, um, and with Zimbabwe being one of the richest countries in the world, the same as Iraq, um, you're going to see a lot of changes in these big money uh, countries. So, Brother Willis, do we have a better connection now? Hello. Okay, and I think Lady Roz had a question for you as well. Lady Roz, are you there? Well, yeah, I'm here. I, I wasn't asleep. Uh, my phone was on mute. I apologize. Well, I just want to say hi, Brother Willis. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, yeah, you were kind of broken in and out, but I, I needed to hear more information because, you know, when you go to the media and you hear different stories about what's going over, going on over there in Zimbabwe, uh, it's always good to have firsthand information uh, because it was one of the topics that I went over with uh, my show as well uh, on Wednesday, uh, talking about how they, you know, had uh, uh, Mugabe under house arrest and how it was a bloodless, uh, bloodless coup. They called it a bloodless transition more than a coup. And so um, really, where do the young people, and that was one thing that Lisa had hit on, um, the young people, the next generation of this country, um, where do they stand with with this with this uh, transition and everything that's going on? Um, so in the first days of the when this news broke to the world, we had um, the youth league of uh, Zano PF come out uh, uh, and issue a press conference that uh, they will uh, they would rather die with comrade. Uh, President Mugabe, mm. but that but that quickly changed, especially when it emerged that um, uh, everybody was uh, seeming to support what the military had done. It it left uh, the young people voiceless and uh, very isolated. Um, and 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 up to now, a majority of even Zimbabweans themselves support what the military has done. One reason because of uh, the, the sheer fact that uh, uh, Mugabe has just been a president for a very long time. Very, very long time. But I think fundamentally, the major reason is the economy. You know, presidents and nations fall and rise based on the economy. Uh, so uh, it, it cannot be discounted. 
that uh, uh, the economy has totally been run down. And it was just waiting a trigger. I think the military was just a trigger of what a majority of Zimbabweans were already feeling. So these are now outpouring in the, in, in, in the streets. Uh, right now, actually, the, 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 on the streets of, 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 of uh, Harare, Civilians are are booing and and are 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 encouraging the military uh, military personnel and some are even uh, you know jumping on the military tanks and things. Everybody is excited. There is a spirit of today as we speak. Um, the military, uh, um, not, not but the the freedom fighters, you know, under the umbrella association, organized uh, a, a, a rally, and this was attended by a lot of people people even in the village i, I was i was uh, listening to an interview of uh, people in, being interviewed in the from the village where uh, uh, president mugabe is supposed to come from but they they are in support i think that has said uh, his welcome but most most fundamentally he has he has uh, presided of just not working in any way uh, for any for a majority of the people, apart from a few elite who are benefiting from uh, the vast wealth in complicity with other countries like China of the of that of that country. Mm -hmm. um, now, th there's there's one particular incident that uh, that uh, has to be spoken uh, about here. One week before before the defense minister. Um, uh, came and took the action that he, he took uh, to put the president under house arrest and uh, and uh, and lead this bloodless coup. Of course, nobody wants to call it a coup. <coughs> is uh, the defense minister visited China? We didn't know what they were discussing with the Chinese. What he was discussing with the Chinese. So it means, I think the Chinese must have been aware that something was uh, was going to happen. And of, and of course, right now. It is very instructive that, that a week before uh, uh, before w what happened in Zimbabwe, the, the Minister for De Defense visited China, and then the, the following week, the military um, uh, honchos, uh, you know, um, uh, of, 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 of oversee the overthrow of of of, of, uh, of uh, the president. Um, so, as a as, as a democrat, of course. Mugabe has stepped onto the toes of very many presidents, especially he is very unpopular in the West. He's, I think, I think he even has a visa ban to travel to to to, to England and things like this. The, the the best places he can always travel to are China and maybe Vietnam or or, or that kind of countries. So, it is good news. To uh, to the West, and especially because you know the Europeans who owned uh, a majority of the land, and in one day through an act act of a policy of redistributing land, taking essentially land from white settlers and giving it to a black peasant, became I, I believe poor. Were were left poor and had to go back to their to almost their countries to start life from from afresh. So. This is a welcome news not only for Zimbabweans, and of course, if I were from Zimbabwe, I would I would welcome it because to move the country forward, you need now new level of thinking to get the economy working, to fix the currency, to fix all 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 that needs to be fixed. Yes. He has done he has done his best, and I think uh, he ought to have uh, gone by say late 1990s. 
Uh, it is just uh, by sheer good luck that he has he has managed to be in power through through uh, through uh, uh, through his um, his political you know um, uh, maneuverability and 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 and, and smartness up to this up to this point. Now let us examine who is next, who is his possible replacement. This is a person who is 20 years younger than younger than the, the President Mugabe, the Vice President, um, uh, uh, who is uh, being uh, said to, uh, to 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 succeed him uh, because nobody wants the wife uh, in any in any in any way, and they are not different ideologically. In terms of ideology, they are the same. Actually, some people say that. The vice president is even the worst because uh, he has been the defense minister for some time. He has been um, he has been actually in the cabinet essentially since uh, Mugabe has been in uh, in the <clears throat> in the presidency, and has overled uh, overseen some some massacres like the Matabele Land massacre, you know, things like mm-hmm. this. So he he, he, may, he may even be a worse a, a, a more worse of leader to take over and. You know his nickname is the crocodile. Oh, he calls wow. himself the <laughs> he, he calls himself the, the, the crocodile because of his cunning nature. So Zimbabwe Zimbabwe ought to be prepared for twenty years of another crocodile rule. So, it, but um, uh, of, of course, change. You know, normally when when everybody is excited about change, it is more about getting the person out rather than thinking about who is the replacement. So um, you feel that a, once this change comes about, that now there will be economic prosperity in Zimbabwe once the new president is named, then that will free them up now to uh, uh, reinstate their own currency and they'll be off the American dollar? Right now, the, the, the spirit in Zimbabwe is that anybody... They're blocking us again. If it is the vice president, let the vice president. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Now, before we get into Libya, I want to take a little commercial break here. Listen to T2 Vitale Entertainment Galaxy Talk Radio. This is United. We stand, and yes, we are T2 Vitale Entertainment. Please visit our website at www.t2vitale.com. And hey, when you guys are just sitting around or when you're working or, or, or working outside or sitting outside, hey, turn it to T25CL Radio. Listen to our 24-7 uh, music station. And also check out our music artists and uh, just listen to the 30-second samples of all the music. And if you see a, a CD on there you like, just download it to your listening device and check out our films. Check out Sandra Smith's films and check out Kev Joy's concert. Check out United We Stand because United We Stand is the lead in to everything that we're talking about today. This was brought to us five years ago to get this film done. <coughs> and now it is, it is uh, our gateway into everything that's getting ready to go down uh, right now. And that's what this show today is, is devoted to is towards humanitarianism and and our part in what we're doing. We're just a small part into something that's happening right now globally uh, in this world to bring about an economic change. And so we're doing our part to uh, make this change happen. And so you're here with our guest today, Brother Willis Nyong'o, UN Ambassador 
uh, from Kenya and, and my dear friend, and so we've been knowing each other for the past several years, and ever since we got engaged with this global humanitarian project, and so we definitely now want to start implementing these things, and so we can help not only people here in America, but also throughout Africa as well. Um, let's switch up a little bit, because I know our time is running down, and i got to get prepared to get to this other uh, event down in San Jose, if my voice will hold up, of course. Let's talk about Libya for a minute. Um, a few days ago, um, I was reading something about uh, uh, slavery in Libya. And I know Karen Hunter had mentioned something briefly about something was happening in Libya and this wouldn't be happening if Gaddafi was alive. And all of a sudden, I got a hit online about slavery this happening right now in Libya. And so last night about 1.15 a.m. on CNN, I caught an in-depth report on this. And this reporter went underground and went into Libya, and she actually went to a slave trading headquarters uh, there in Libya. And they have the brothers... And, and a few sisters, they're all locked up in cages, and they are actually selling them off. When she went in there late at night, and they had just sold some brothers for like seven to $800 a piece. And online, I had posted this on my uh, Facebook page, and um, it got zapped off. I mean, I could see it on my phone, but I couldn't see it on the computer. And they actually showed... Uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Africans uh, from Nigeria, Mali, Niger, and they were all collected together. It was just like the Kunta Kente situation. They showed them on the boat. They showed them in cages. And this is modern-day stuff that's happening right now. And no, if Brother Mobar Gaddafi were there, no, this would not be happening. And uh, so I just want to go to Brother Willis, and this is just, you know, it's not necessarily uh, a big surprise. It's just a shock when you actually see it. I mean, because we have been hearing about the Arabs and the things that they've been doing uh, and still with, with slavery. They were actually in slavery starting over here as well. But now, here it is, 2017, going into 2018. Here we see African brothers and sisters being sold into slavery as though we were back into the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s here in America. So this is telling us that it never really stopped. Well, we know here it just kind of just changed up a little bit. But now, as far as the inception of this thing over in Africa, here it is. Our people are still being sold off. Brother Willis, can you give us some insight to this? And how come there isn't a global outcry? Where is the United Nations? Where are the peacekeepers? Where is Trump? Where is the Queen? Where is any and everybody 
that has some sort of global power to stop such madness from going on. Ah, th- this is this is a very good issue and uh, a very important issue, and I'm glad you've brought it up in the show. What is happening in Libya is um, um, an indication of uh, what the disparity between prosperity and poverty can lead to. Um, I've been to Tunisia, but when you are in Libya, you can, I, I mean, if you are in some tall buildings or whatever, you can see uh, Italy on the other, you can mm-hmm. see Italy on the, Italian mountains on the other, on the other, on the other side of the, of the ocean. Yes. And, and if you are told, if you are a poor person who, who thinks that uh, they can make it if they were in another environment, and you are told that the difference between your current situation of poverty and your next situation of prosperity is the ocean, is the sea, then you would want to do everything that is possible to cross the ocean, ocean and go to, to, to Europe. Now, let us go to the genesis of those who find themselves in Lib- Libya for possible uh, uh, sale uh, as slaves. The, a majority of them come from Senegal, Cameroon, Nigeria, Ga- Gambia, and these people show a lot of resilience. They walk all the way crossing borders of countries. So if you are, for example, from Cameroon or Senegal, or because a majority of uh, are from West Africa anyway, and they went away up to Libya. And then in Libya, now there are people who are, they're actually not children, but they are just making a business out of the whole situation. Because you want to cross, they give you a boat. Many of the times, actually, it is even good that what you saw did not, uh, did not project, uh, because I have not heard you say it, it did not uh, show uh, them dying in boats. In almost 50% of the, of the times, the, the boat sinks and almost hundreds of people die. Uh, they die every day, and uh, it is reported every day. Mm-hmm. So, wait, can I, can I ask a question? So, yes. so these sure. people are, are these people are willingly putting themselves into slavery so that they can make more money or be be free from the poverty that they're already in. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, I, yes I, have, I, I have I have another question I want to ask too. I mean, I know you've heard recently, and I, I really would like to know what the United Nations is saying about this this elephant thing. Um, the United. Let, let me let me tell you now. Really, geopolitics at play. Um, now, the, for the United Nations, there are agencies. For instance, the, United, the uh, international migratory body of the United Nations. There's the, the refugee. You know, for United Nations. There's a way, there's a structured way in which they handle, <clears throat> they handle uh, people, whether they move in big populations or as individuals. So, for instance, if you moved from, if I moved from, say, Kenya and went to Uganda and I cannot uh, fend for myself, I would possibly be considered as a refugee. I can go to a refugee camp and say that, um, I mean, all this kind of, and then the United Nations may take over. Secondly, the United Nations Act but it acts normally very slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's, 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 again, a lot of bureaucracy on how these people should be considered. In Europe, there's a major debate as to the, whether these people are economic mi- immigrants 
or are are they refugees? So, depending on which uh, which European country you are in, they are either considered as uh, economic immigrant, which is the ma- the majority, the popular uh, uh, stance to take right now because of the you know Brexit uh, and uh, almost everybody resorting to nationalism. Nobody wants to accept. Um, um, uh, any, 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 any people from uh, any nationality on a humanitarian b- uh, background. They would rather consider them as economic immigrants and then deal with them the way they're supposed to deal with economic immigrants. Because if you consider them as refugees, then you have, uh, you have a responsibility to take care of them. Now, wait, 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 are you saying that now, like what Brother Brian was saying, that these people are voluntarily leaving Mali and Nigeria and Niger and Gambia and Cameroon and voluntarily walking up to the north so that they can get on a boat and get across the pond. Europe, yeah. And then uh, there are willing recipients on the European side, willing and able to take them in this way. And now, if you bring them in this way, they're undocumented, and now they can use them any type of way that they want versus if you went through the UN or any governmental-type agency. Now you got to show some degree of responsibility because now you have a documented person versus an undocumented person. And now if you get them under, over there under the radar, you can do anything that you want with them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stated it more clearly than you have done. These people voluntarily, by themselves, they leave their villages um, after, uh, after perhaps hearing a story of a relative or a distant cousin who made it to Europe. But, but uh, uh, this, is, this is not official data, but I believe for every two or three cases of those who successfully uh, go to the shores of Libya and find their way to Europe. Seven die along the way, especially right. on the on, on on the sea, because you know they are normal boats and they are they are congested in the boats, and then they, nobody takes care of them. Actually, when they are in Libya, and you know once they are in Libya, there is also this divide of the Arab uh, Af- Ar- Arab Africa because Libyans they consider themselves as Ar- 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 as Ar- Arabs rather than Africans. Right. Uh, there's, there's this divide further now of Arabs and Africa. So they may really mistreat them. They may do all manner of uh, abuses, bodily abuses, sexual abuses, because, yeah, but then they are the people who facilitate their movement to the other side uh, uh, of the ocean through, the, through, 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 through their boats. But the journey that these people take, take months and, and several weeks. Because they live from uh, villages in Mali, in wherever, in all, but you know the driver. So, for instance, in Mali, there's been a war in Senegal. There's poverty in Cameroon. People are poor. So, and then they are told that they see through through technology, the power of technology. You see pictures of uh, your 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 friend or your, your uh, village mate who was smuggled to Europe and uh, has got some some uh, some 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 job to do is managing to send a few dollars back home who are you not to 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 follow the same the same the the, the, the same route we've seen them and actually they are always very excited very happy that they are they are they are they are, they are following their, their dreams this way they are i mean i do not know 
what you saw in the documentary, but I, I, I don't I don't think you saw them not 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 really liking what they were going through. So what we're, what we're saying is what we're saying is these are these are, and I have to put it this way: these are willing slaves. Yes, you you yeah you you can say willing slaves yeah, yeah. Well, and the sad part of it is they're leaving their homeland because the conditions are so bad. Yes, yes exactly. That, yeah, that is, yeah. So, you know, is even, this the same thing, uh, Brother Brian, that, like with Cuba? You know how the Cubans were getting on little boats and coming up to Miami? Yeah, I was actually in the Coast Guard, and I was actually... Um, we were actually arresting some of the people that were, were coming up from Cuba, so I know all about that. It, it's the same thing. It seems to us it's the same thing. It's, they, incre- they were it's, better it's incredible. To, it's incredible to me. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not there, and, and I know that these things happen, but it's incredible to me that people people would put themselves in that position. I guess if you if you want a better life, but you got to do whatever you have to do, but. I just don't understand what is the United Nations supposed to be doing? Aren't they supposed to be doing something? Um, you know, the United Nations can do a lot of things, and many times they end up not doing anything, <laughs> by the way. Um, the, the, uh, the, the United Nations, first of all, if you are willing, the United Nations may help if you, are, if you have a refugee status. So, for instance, in this kind of case. But these people, especially in Europe, they are not considered as refugees because if you consider them as refugees, they will give they, you will have a state mandate to to give them housing, decent what have you. But if they are just economic I- illegal immigrants, actually, they are, I think the official title is economic illegal immigrant. So people who go to another country driven by economic uh, factors and are not refugees. So. In, even in Italy, where which is always their first uh, entry point, they're not considered as refugees. They're considered as economic immigrants. That is why they are they are able to work. They don't go to refugee camps. They are either they either find themselves working in a restaurant or or, or doing uh, jobs that are available. That is the situation. They actually in almost everything that I I have read about the situation in uh, in uh, in Libya and uh, the the refugees that are. That, that, the, the amount of people that come from the wider West Africa to refugee and then uh, to to Libya and then uh, via boat to to Italy is along the continuum along that value chain the United Nations is actually not there they are not there in Libya actually in Libya where you would expect the United Nations for perhaps to receive them or or do, they are received by uh, by, by, by almost very uh, almost tags because these are people uh, uh, mostly state uh, I think state authority but some some also acting on humanitarian ground uh, like somebody starting a place where they can they can go you can find shelter and get some food before you uh, you get to cross uh, over the river the United Nations is 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 is, is not anywhere within that chain. Uh, from uh, from what I what, what what I have seen and read of this situation up to now, let, let me ask you, man: Is there it, it, any compassion it, in any it, country it, in Africa it, with any it, political it, leadership it, in any country there that that cares about their people? Because what I've been hearing today over the past 
hour and 40 minutes or so is that it just seems like nobody gives a damn about their people in in Africa. It, it's just it just seems like the people at the top become wealthy, and then they just let the people just start. Okay. Now I saw this myself in Nigeria. Nigeria is one of the richest countries in the world, and I saw poverty all over the place. But there still are people in Nigeria that have. Money. I mean, one of the richest women in the world is in Nigeria. But, man, the resources are there. You, you guys have the most richest continent on planet Earth. It seems as though it should be, Africa should be peace and paradise from north to the south. I mean, you look at South Africa, hell, it looks as though you're in, in Europe or New York somewhere. I mean, they're developing things there because of the white influence. But so whenever you don't have the white influence, it seems as though nobody gives a damn about the people. And now what happens, they suffer. Now you're going to come up with the crime and the scams and and all of this crap, man. And and it's just a shame that, that, that that the political structure there just can't take more control over there, people. Yeah, and, and Brother Wilson, before I leave, because i, I got to get ready for another program, can you just answer my question about the um, the, the elephant deal? I, I really cannot wrap my head around that, that people in Africa or the administrations in Africa would think it was okay for rich Americans or rich Europeans or whomever to come over there and kill their animals, because they are basically on African soil, just for trophies. I, I don't get it. And, and what is the United Nations saying about it? Uh, yeah, the trophies, especially from, uh, again, Zimbabwe, <laughs> is, uh, yeah. um, you know, you know uh, there's a lot, I mean, this, this, this particular question, especially the question about uh, uh, wildlife and how they are misused, can take uh, a, a day to discuss. But my, my, my quick response is this. The laws, the laws in Africa that protect wildlife generally, leave alone the elephants and the, the ones that are deemed to be valuable, are uh, relatively weak. Even in situations where they are strong, there's a lot of complicity between illegal wildlife um, uh, poachers and um, money. And this money normally is from, you know, wealthy either Chinese or... Uh, or uh, or, or people just, who just want wealth and status, um, um, or want to possess certain part of an, an animal because of uh, cultural reasons, or because of uh, economic worth, or because of uh, the status symbol that is uh, it connotes. This is, it, is, it is a combination of, of factors, but um, uh, the, the number one factor is um, is uh, weak, weak, weak laws that protect wildlife. The second uh, uh, is complicity between um, uh, legal poachers and big money. There's a lot of uh, big money that is at play. If uh, you if, if you went to even an ordinary uh, wildlife who earns just a few hundred dollars in a month, and then you offer them thousands of, of, of dollars in order to kill uh, even them, mm-hmm. sometimes are, 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 are So 
there's no food reactive. Why are but then again, the African leaders are are not are not so so keen on 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 wildlife and and and, and on, on, uh, conservation. I think uh, they are they, they are not just taking uh, a, a lot of care about this. There's the CITES, the International Whatever uh, for, for for Wildlife, which is trying to do um um uh, something about uh, illegal uh, illegal uh, wildlife uh, either fishing or yeah, brother Brad, just about the economics, man. If 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 the rich white people can come over to Africa and say, here, here's ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, uh, put put me up for a week or so, let me go out here on a safari, let me shoot something, you know, mm-hmm. we may see more value here. I mean, there's a bunch of animal societies here in America that just love yeah. animals to death. And and they may see the value in the animals here, maybe more than over there. Over there, they may say, well, here's a few lions, here's some elephants, or some tigers. Go at it. I mean, we see them every day. But if you're going to yeah. come up to me and offer me some money just to go out here and, and, and shoot a wild animal, hell, I'm going to take the money. And so <laughs> it, it's, it's, I, I can see what's up. It's a, it's about the economics, and, but it's, it's just the imagery is bad because the Trump boys they go over there, they pay the money, they kill an elephant, they kill a tiger, and now they're going to hold the dead animal up uh, that they just shot. That's the tired part of it when you go out and brag about killing something like that. Mm. But that's the bottom line, brother Brian. Is it's about the money, man. It's not about the save the animals, uh, preserve life. It's about the money. They got the money. They go over there. Killing is sport and play. Hell, they used to do that here to us here in this country. That's where the word, where the word picnic came from in this country, where they would just pick out a slave and go out and tell them run across the field while they shot them. And so that's where the term picnic, it came from pick a nigger. And then they would bring out watermelons and food and stuff and have celebrations while they watch a, a slave run across the field and kill it. And so we see it here with human life here in this country. So, Brother Brian, I know you got to bounce, man. You've yeah, you got to show up here in an hour. What's, what's happening today, man, at, at, uh, at fourth of your time? We're, we're going to continue our discussion on, um, on childhood and, and youth entitlement. And uh, I, like I said, I'm so glad I joined this conversation today because, you know, there was a lot of information going around, and my mind is still boggled by, by the, the atrocities that are going on in, in the homeland. And, gee whiz, it, it's amazing to me that more is not being done to preserve life, whether it's, whether it's human, whether it's animal. It doesn't make a difference. But Africa is the homeland for, for everybody. I don't care who it is. Everybody. I don't care who I don't care who it is, black, white, Chinese, whatever. Everybody came from Africa, and I, I, it just boggles my mind that we're just ripping it of all of its uh, all of all of its resources and everything, and just it, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very interesting subject, and and when Brother Willis brought that up, you know, it made sense to it because. You know, like I said, I saw this on CNN about 1.15 this morning. And then when I was looking at some of the Africans there that were in bondage, 
they didn't look too jacked up. And some of them had backpacks on, and some of their hands, their fingernails were kind of cut. It, they didn't look like the slaves back in the Kunta Kente uh, type slave trade. They they all had some degree of clothes on, but uh, but it was still a hard condition that they were in. So yeah, I would love to pick this subject matter up again because now Brother Willis has definitely has made another twist on it. But once again, I see it being the same thing as the Cubans from Cuba coming up into Miami. So uh, yes, sir. So great. The uh, yes, I'll definitely be on your show today at one o'clock. Yeah. I, um, I, I have to say good afternoon to everybody, and everybody have a, um, a blessed Thanksgiving. And whew, let's uh, let's try to keep in mind our our, our family members in Africa. Yeah. yeah All sure. right. Be blessed, everyone. All right, Sister. Uh, let's see. Uh, California caller, did you unmute yourself? Are you there? All right, let's go to Lisa, Alex, or both of you guys there, or just Alex, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, just listening in, it's, it's just a lot going on, a lot to absorb, and I'm really grateful for uh, that, uh, Brother Willis's insight on, on the ground, on what's going on in the motherland. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I always say this on every one of the shows that I join, what can we do about it? Well, we're trying to do our best with it and uh, with our communitarian projects and stuff that we want to get done in Africa. We, you know, we can only do so much here at the T25CO level. Uh, but if you try to attack the thing from uh, let's solve all the problems with everybody, I mean, you go crazy just trying to even attempt something like that. But we're just going to help out as many as we can with uh, what's going to be given to us to assist them with. And so once that happens, and then we'll just do our part to do what we can, because what did Jesus say? If you can just save one. So uh, we're going to do our, our best to assist. And Brother Willis and his campaign, since he has been a loyal supporter of T25CL Entertainment, so he is definitely at the top of our list here at T25CL. So we just well, have to do our part. I just wanted to just uh, uh, say that, you know, if I don't know if you guys know what's going to happen in New Orleans on November 30th. There is going to be a global... Um, consortium on um, on the call, call for reparations, um, and many countries are going to be represented there. I don't know if you, you know, Chief, but um, Dr. Clark Anderson uh, was supposed to speak in front of Congress on the 16th, but they denied him um, that uh, ability to speak in front of Congress, uh, uh, calling for our case on reparations, but it will be interesting to find out. So I, I say this to say, um, you know, you say that we can't address all problems, um, you know, as a small company as we are. But the, I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing is that uh, we need to come together for uh, economic and social reform for our people. And I think that we need to all get behind the call for reparations for all of the things that we did for free, our ancestors did. Um, we need to be paid for it. 
I think yeah, that's all going to be. Uh, it's all going to be wrapped under the global currency reset. That's why this conversation with the uh, Bible was so important. But maybe on the next show we'll get more into the global currency reset and what that all means. And so there's been a lot of heated conversations uh, on this, and I was getting calls yesterday that the funds have already been put in place at the various uh, exchange centers and the banks. The monies are there, ready to be distributed, and um, the Chinese elders have uh, blessed the transaction. They have made the transfer of humanitarian funds for this to happen, and so it's just into the final stages of this thing finally, finally, finally going down. So uh, things are, this this is why we're talking about this arrest. I had more information I could have shared with you guys today on these arrests and things and people who they are busting. I get, but you know, we just got into it. We just didn't have time to share it because I definitely had some stuff here to present. But uh, we'll get into that in the next show. Maybe the next show will be the global currency reset. So we'll get into it next time. Brother Willis, we definitely thank you for sharing your time and your energy and your insight um, with all of this, my brother. It's been great, and you have definitely opened up some conversation. I'm pretty sure that this is going to be extended onto the other shows as well. And so when the show is over with, you can uh, replay the show. You can download the show. And uh, I think you should email this show out to uh, people in your email database. And so they can see what we're doing here at T25CL Entertainment. It's not all about song and dance and music and movies here. Uh, we're telling the story. And this is with our compassion here to bring global peace to the world. This is why we created United We Stand. So with that, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to see you next Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And so I'm going to say Hotep and Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.